0: I'm Michael Marinello.
1: And I'm Robert Mathers.
0: This week we're listening to Van Halen's 5150.
1: Just tune in to what this place has got to offer.
0: Um, are we in the groove? Did you drop the you needle? needle? More swing and a little bit of scotch, I think is what you're looking for, right? It's time for the Radio Free Jersey Record Club.
1: Oof this is a this is a prescient uh uh <laughs> radio free jersey record club yes we try to keep these sort of not tied to anything and with a record club, you don't have to necessarily tie it to current events yep. um although current events are what dictates kind of help put put you in the mood for it so right. uh we are recording this very early. On a Tuesday morning, so we could get the full weekend of listening, so to speak. Um, exactly. And
0: uh, Mike, you are uh, you are not in your home studio, correct? I, I am not. I am in. Uh, I am on the Jersey Shore. I am in uh, Spring Lake, New Jersey. Uh, I'm with uh, two of my uh, two of my son, my two sons, and and my wife uh, Barbara and Kate are at home in Hudson County in Hoboken. So. Uh, and you are in the township of the borough of uh, of the city of Verona. <laughs> I am. I'm
1: in the old hometown, the, the new, the current hometown. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so All that's right. why we sound a little different, uh, because we've got, you know, I'm at the normal studio. Mike is with his remote, got his remote mm-hmm. set up with him uh, today. So uh, that's just, you know, we want you to know what's going on. Uh, we are part of the family here. Uh, so one week ago today, this episode yes. is dropping, uh, on the 13th of October, 2020. One week ago today, uh, we lost, uh, music rock in particular, lost an incredible, uh, virtuoso, one of the best guitarists in the world. Uh, yep. Eddie Van Halen died at the age of 65 from, uh, lost his fight to cancer. Basically. I was surprised. Yes. I did not know he was really sick.
0: Right. I had heard that he was sick. So I have a, I have a Google phone. I have a Google Pixel. And uh, on the left-hand side, I think Apple's have this now as well, where it, it, it'll just basically it's, you know, some form of cyber spying that goes on where anything you search on or anything you, if you like search on one thing, it'll throw up news or throw up recent posts. So right. at one point, Sometime within the last year, I looked up something Van Halen. So, and I must have clicked on something about like whether it was a David Lee Roth interview or a a Sammy Hagar interview or even a Van Halen interview where they talked about some, you know, somehow going back on the road or getting back together or whatever. And I, for the last couple of months, I would hear all these things like, oh, they're getting back together and they're going to go back on the road with Roth only, or they're going to get back together with with Hagar, or they'll never get back together with him. And Hagar says they might. And, you know, so I would, I kept on hearing all these things. And I, I want to say about a month ago, there was kind of someone said that, or one of the posts said that he was starting to take a turn for the worse and he was sick. And I think there was actually a rumor maybe, you know, a couple of weeks prior that he had he had passed away, but that wasn't. True, but...
1: Well, that's interesting. Yeah, I had yeah. just, I had not heard anything at all right. on that. Right. Um, right. So, yeah, have decided to listen to the seventh studio album by Van Halen, 5150. And we're, we'll get into why in a minute, because I'm very curious about that. Uh, right. But as we do in the record club, we'll run through some stats with you. Uh, mm-hmm. And then we will discuss uh, how, what we, our connection to the record is, it, you know, should there have been one, uh, yeah. if there is one. Uh, we'll talk about the the actual, is it a trackable record uh, mm-hmm. is it a uh, you know what, what do we you know the music we'll get into sort of the music and the lyrics uh, yep. I'll talk about the cover a little bit uh, and mm-hmm. then where did the band go and then where do we go from yep. here so I- the stats of this particular record released on the 24th of march in 1986 uh this is the first van halen record with their new lead singer at the time sammy hagar yes the lineup of this band is
0: sammy hagar lead and backing vocals Um, and also, uh, backing, uh, rhythm guitar, Eddie Van Halen, guitar, keyboards, backing vocals, Michael Anthony, bass, backing vocals, Alex Van Halen, drums. Now this is, as we'd said, the previous six albums had been with David Lee Roth in 1986 ish. David Lee Roth leaves for his solo career. Um, and we'll we'll eighty five, yeah. 85. Yes.
1: Um, right at the end
0: of their their world tour,
1: right uh, to support 1984. So, right.
0: and which which uh, the reason I bring that up is because this was produced by basically the band with the Mick Jones, a Foreigner fame, and Don mm-hmm. Landy. It was originally supposed to be produced by Ted Templeman, mm-hmm. who had done all their previous albums, all the previous Van Halen albums. But and actually, for those Van Halen fans, you can hear them on. I think it's Unchained or Everybody Wants Some. Everybody Wants Some. Um, you can hear him in the studio saying to David Lee Roth, come on, Dave, give me a break. Yeah. And Dave yeah. comes back and says, one break coming up. Um, Ted Templeman basically said he he wouldn't do it because he was going to be working with David Lee Roth on, I don't know if it's... see him, Eat and, him smile. and smile. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yep. I know he had come up with a a, you know, a... That what just a gigolo ain't got no mm-hmm. body california girls first he had a little ep and then came out with eat smile yep so.
1: um so david lee roth quits the band uh, to be a solo uh, artist warner brothers the van halen's record label uh mm-hmm. basically said all right you, you can't you're not van halen without david lee roth so you got to right. come up with another name to which alex and eddie van halen went fuck you and the horse you rode in on um <laughs> Eddie Van Halen approached Patti Smith. Uh huh. Yeah. And then went to Daryl Hall.
0: Right. Yeah. And there was another one. I, uh, who else? There was a third one that I can't remember that didn't even sound it was going to be David complete. Coverdale, but
1: that was much later.
0: Right. And then I, I think they also said that they were considering just doing kind of like the three of them. And then like a wrote, like yep. for like, two songs it would yeah, be Patti exactly. Smith. For two songs, it'd be someone else.
1: Yeah. Eddie Van Halen's getting his Lamborghini fixed one day in July of nineteen eighty-five. <laughs> the mechanic is like, hey, here are you looking for a singer? Uh right. you should check out this guy from San Francisco. He was in a band called Montrose. Uh, he just had yeah. a he just had a hit with I Can't Drive 55, right. uh, Sammy Hagar. So they met and sort of fell in and Hagar joined mm-hmm. the band in eighty-five. Uh, They started recording 5150 in November of 1985. Mm -hmm. The record was finished being recorded in February of 86 and then rushed to print a month Mm -hmm. later. At the time, it was the fastest selling record in Warner Brothers history. It went platinum in one week. Now, the early reviews were mixed. The New York right. Village Voice gave it a C C+. <laughs> Rolling Stone gave it three out of five stars. And Tim right. Holmes from Rolling Stone, and I want to read this as he wrote it, because it's very interesting and and sums up uh-huh. some of my feelings of this record. Okay, yep. Eddie can still split the atom with his axe, and he knows it. It's a Van Halen world, with or without David Lee Roth, and fifty-one-fifty shoots off all the bombastic fireworks of a band at the peak of its powers. Ultimately, it's Eddie Van Halen's uncanny, and intuitive ability to orchestrate these contradictions that gives Van Halen machinery its velocity and amplitude that qualifies the blast, the roof off, uh, that qualifies it rather to blast the roof off the garage. There's plenty of hot party action down in Rockland. But Eddie's band is to be one with the chops, not just the notes and the chords and the string bashing strum and dang. Sorry, Mm -hmm. not just the notes and chords and the strum bashing strum und dang, drang. Uh, I'll never get that right. Uh, But the uh, filigree detail that makes a simple minded riff a symphony. On mm-hmm. 5150, Eddie Van Halen and Sammy Hagar speak each other's language. That's really important. Right. First of all, it's Rolling Stone. Uh, so Tim Holmes is going to throw in a bunch of like big fucking words in there anyway. <laughs> uh, but that's what I love about Rolling Stone because you, you have to kind of know English to, to, to read it. Right. Exactly. The track listing real quick is uh, Side One, uh, Good Enough, Why Can't mm-hmm. This Be Love, Get Up, Dreams, Summer Nights side two best of both worlds love walks in fifty-one fifty, and inside this is a 43 minute long Mm -hmm. record because albums at the time were 45 minutes i mean that 45 minutes was what you could put on both sides about 22 23 minutes exactly yep so before michael we get into Uh and this might be you know what's your personal connection because i'm really interested but i'll all of the... When we were talking last Tuesday, and hey, we mm-hmm. should... We should... Uh, we should spend a week with a Van Halen record in honor oh. of, of Eddie Van Halen. Uh, yep, exactly. Um I was about to type one out, uh-huh. and you came right in with, with this record, and <laughs> I would like to know, of all of the Van Halen records, yep. why 5150?
0: Um Because of this show, uh, Robert. Um, <laughs> because I knew it is at the heart of every rock and roll, not every rock and roll fan, but every Van Halen fan. This is kind of their Mason Dixon line. This is their argument. Uh, do, you like, do you like Roth? Do you like Hagar? Do you like, you know, You know do you like, are they getting too soft? Are they, you know, they too poppy? Are they selling out? Are they, you know, this was, you know, in certain ways, it's like the most commercially successful and had all these hits and had all this stuff. But then again, they didn't do any videos to promote it. They had it. They did a video of the Blue Angels um, uh, for dreams, but no, you know. And so this. is Oh also no, coming. no, there was
1: there, there was a definitely a video for Best of Both Worlds. Was okay. there? All right. That's that's the video where they're um, they're like they're like dancing in step with their arms oh, yeah. around I mean, each other, from, and it's... that's
0: from the, the the live without a net. But they
1: cut uh, that okay. into a that was a video to support yeah. the single, that's true. yeah.
0: Um, so that was my, like proof my,
1: that they could all get along. That's how I interpreted it. But I hear you. Okay.
0: To um, because I wanted to get at the like I could have chosen, you know, Van Halen one, just a stone cold classic. Every single song, amazing from start to finish. You know, just out of this world, taking Kinks riffs and blowing them up. Yep. Starting heavy metal music. I could have taken 1984, which is probably hits the prime of our, you know, growing up being music fans, the videos, the David Lee Roth stick, the whole nine yards, the bottle of Jack Daniels on stage, Hot for Teacher video, all that. But I wanted to do a little bit later because I wanted to get more into that conflict there of the old Van Halen with the new and the and at the time, what I was thinking, what I thought about the band, what I you know, and my general kind of outlook on it compared to now going back. I wanted to myself go back and revisit it because i was definitely up until probably you know you know for the last most of the last 20 or so years a a, you know roth van halen roth van halen roth van halen you know the the sammy side stinks and i wanted to see if that still held up and what what i what i thought
1: all right so how did you first hear about this record
0: so I have a, a family friend. It was my friend, Frank Castucci. He was three years older than me. He was the biggest Van Halen fan I knew. He had seen Van Halen on the 1984 tour, um, and he had this album within a, a week of it, you know, probably on the day it came out, and I happened to be over his house, and he played it for me. That was the first I heard of it. And then I remember just seeing the Blue Angel. I was a big watcher of MTV at the time. I remember seeing that Dreams um, uh, video with mm-hmm. the blue angel. On it. Um, and that was kind of uh, my, my introduction to the album.
1: Okay. Uh, that, no, that's uh, I love that story. My connection, it was the new Van Halen record, right? We were watching yeah, sure. MTV then. Um, so I had it on cassette.
0: I remember buying it on cassette.
1: Yeah. Probably at, you know, the aforementioned Caldor or whatever, <laughs> uh, uh, Newberries. Yeah, <laughs> um, I mean it. It. Spo- I mean this, and it like you said, it was very interesting. So this is the first record without David Lee Roth. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was one of those where I think I listened to it a handful of times. Right. Uh, I love your reference to the Mason Dixon line, the Van Halen Mason Dixon line, because for me. I was like, uh, you know, exactly. now it it um, you know it had. I mean, I knew of three singles released from the record. They all did yep. very well, but five yeah. they actually released. In doing the research for I this, know. they they did five.
0: I was I was looking at uh, at that as well, and it was blown away by all the singles that were on this. Um, I mean, that's, and it's,
1: that's, it's, that's over 50% there are nine songs on this album five right, of right. them half the album more than half the album went, went, went when they released the singles best of right. both worlds dreams love walks in summer nights and why mm-hmm. can't this be love I have seen Van Halen uh, yep. I've actually seen all three permutations of Van Halen yep. um, I saw Hagar van hagar if you will yep. uh on Farron. the balance on the balance tour okay, yep. uh, okay. in boston um then i saw uh van Sharon in 1998 yeah. and if you follow there's me on follow on, the, on <laughs> <laughs> yes there's a, I posted a picture on, uh, on on my social media uh of the day that eddie van halen died and um my youngest brother, Nick is in the photo, uh, wow. with a couple of ki- other kids from Verona high school, some sales guys at Q104. Uh, right. it was one of the first events I'd done because it was like October of 98. Right. Um, and, uh, and my now ex-wife, yeah. uh, is, is the only woman in that particular shot at Eddie Van Halen's arm is, um, <laughs> dangerously close, if you will, yeah. to a body part. And, uh, you know, she after we get down the pitch, she goes. I'm pretty sure Eddie Van Halen just about grabbed my boob, and I looked at her <laughs> and I said, "Is he on your list?" <laughs> exactly. And then I saw when they got back together with Hagar at some point. Yes, oh no, I sorry, David say- Lee Roth. When they got when they did the tour with David Lee Roth and Wolfgang, uh, in like '06 or or something like that. Uh, yeah, I want to say. Or no, do yeah, say- yeah, yeah. I was at Q and a four still, yeah. yeah.
0: So I saw them on the OU812 tour at MSG with Frank Estuji, who I mentioned, who got me into mm-hmm. Van Halen, um, and it was basically the first person I texted uh, when I, I heard Eddie pass, because Frank also had made his own Eddie Van Halen style guitars and and, and plays guitar and you know was just an amazing guitarist himself. Um, I met him. He was at Rutgers at the time. I was. I, I think I want to say my dad dropped me off at MSG, and I met him on the steps of the um, post office across from MSG. Oh, on the backside, uh, sure, yeah. And uh, and went in to see the OU eight one two. So that was, I want to say, nineteen eighty eight, eighty nine, yeah, or eighty nine. One of those signs in the fall. Um, then you see. Here's the funny thing. I saw. David Lee Roth, solo, in the late uh, late 90s, early 2000s at Stubbs Barbecue in Austin, Texas. Um, <laughs> um, and then, like, a couple years later, I saw a twin bill, um, Sammy Hagar and... David Lee Roth on the same tour at garden state art center where they basically would just do two sets and, you know, basically. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. That was, yep. I did see that tour. The, uh, the bust, it was at the both sides tour. Yes. So uh, back to 5150. Yes. In your opinion, Mike, is this a trackable record?
0: I'd say going back and listening to it now, and this is part of the reason why I want to do this. I was surprised at how much I liked it and how trackable it was to me. I could go back and listen to it. There's a couple of songs uh "Get up," I will occasionally skip inside. I'll occasionally skip, but i like i went i liked good enough. I like "Why can't this be love?" i you know some of it's a it's a little sacraty, but it's it's funny. I'll, I'll say yes, and I'll get into it a little bit when we get. Uh, I'll, I'm going to say yes for now, and we'll, I'll get into some some of the songs when we
1: do music and lyrics. Yeah, I exactly. okay. I uh, I think this is the first time we are, we disagree on a record yeah. so far See, in this.
0: Why I did exactly,
1: this, I love it. Uh, <laughs> this is not a trackable record at all to me. I uh-huh. uh, and I will tell you, it was a chore. Really, this this project, this was the first one in the six episodes that we've done of wow. this endeavor. This was a chore for me to not skip, uh, wow. particularly uh, get up, uh-huh. uh, yeah. and some of the hits like Summer Nights. Actually, you know it. it I uh, I have a very visceral reaction to this record, um, really? in a negative way. It to ah. me is just um, well, we might as well get into from a music and lyric standpoint. Um, oh, well, yeah. I mean, I I must have. I like Sammy Hagar, right? Um, but Van Halen was a was, a, was the most uh the first incarnation of Van Halen, so the the early Roth era. I always yeah. thought of Van Halen as the most technically proficient um incredible musicianship, uh, summertime, good time, Southern California, uh rock not not your laurel canyon sound this is nothing this is the antithesis of that but this you. is this is i'm drinking beer mm-hmm. i'm outside i'm trying to get laid in the summer and this is what you play this is what you you and the guys listen to van halen girls did not listen to van halen I, I, until I 5150 this yeah. is the girls <laughs> van halen record uh and i don't mean that as a pejorative this is this is this is so when i take my visceral reaction out and i apply some science behind it and some marketing logic and all of that you go holy fuck eddie van halen's a genius for adapting the sound and, and 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 because david lee roth is a blues guy at heart. And he's he, like Stephen uh, Van Zandt is a very well-read, very articulate uh, writer, essayist. Yep. Right. Uh, David Lee Roth is a constitutionalist. He's a brilliant guy. Ooh. Sammy Hagar is an emotional guy. Yep. And wrote these love songs.
0: Right. That uh, aren't about
1: I like, I want, it's not just, if David Lee Roth songs were, I'd like to get with you. Yep. Sammy Hagar's love songs are I want to be with you this is right. lo- why can't this be love? right you right. know
0: I, I agree
1: um, but I but feel I, like sorry but I let me just to, to finish but I feel okay. like he used up his juice mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. on the songs that were the singles right where'd you go back to 1984 is a right. record I can track from beginning to end
0: true true I, 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 I get (laughs) you. I don't, I don't necessarily disagree. Maybe my, my ease of, of grading is the fact that I'm sure it's I'm colored a little bit by when I first heard this album and my, you know, my memories of it are just memories of being back in middle school uh, and just not having a care in the world and not really focusing on the lyrics or, or whatever. Uh, And the other part of it to me is because then I would go and listen to the other album. And you see, to me, OU812 is where it starts to become like, oh man, this song is, is just not that good. And like, then for unlovable Carnal Knowledge, it's even more so. So I, I like, I think this is kind of the last is kind of the last album where I can kind of get all the way through and the shtick or the, you know, the, um, saccharine side of it mm-hmm. doesn't affect me too much. Well, um, it's a,
1: you're absolutely right. I mean, this, there is a, a, a your Mason-Dixon, you know, reference right. again is, is I think very apt. There's also a, a solid line of demarcation right. uh, in the. In the, this is not a fun band anymore. This right. is a serious band of adults and serious musicianship. Um, so musically, it's a good progression, right? So right. I will give you that in in listening. Um, you know, lyrically, I think it's more mature. It's a, I think it is a heavier, mm-hmm. uh, harder record than any of the previous. This is a, Daily Roth Van Halen those are rock records this is not metal right. it's not metal but this is hard rock this is, right. is absolutely a hard right. rock right. Right. and, then, and then right and then you get these right. stupid fucking synthesizers coming
0: right. out of right. nowhere right but it's funny like it just you you look at it it's like you know good enough get up summer nights Beth the most world, 5150 inside or more just heavy metal ish hard rocking stuff. And then you have almost pop songs in why can't this be love and dreams. And then like a legitimate power ballad <laughs> in, oh, love yeah. um, you know, so which is, you know, something you wouldn't be able like, I would say the, those first couple you could see, and you could, you could probably hear a little, you know, David Lee Roth would have taken it a little bit different, but you could, you could see David Lee Roth doing some of the the first group but not as much of the second group.
1: Well, right. Um, so, to that, and I'm glad you brought that up, Mike, because good enough starts how for you. Like what 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 jumps in your mind?
0: It's the it's the big bopper. <laughs> right. So, yes.
1: I heard that, right? He goes this big like hello baby, but it, yeah. it to me the 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 when I was listening on this part, so this is the assuming you hadn't heard the single, right? This is the oh, yeah. first, technically, right, it's an album, so it's the first time you're going to hear th- the Sammy Hagar singing with Van Halen. Um, he t- lets you know it's him. Right, right? exactly. But to your, to your point about David Lee Roth could have done these songs, mm-hmm. I think that's what the first side was, was, all right, this is the kind of Van Halen you're used to. We have a guy that sounds like right. David Lee Roth They're, yep. they they have the same vocal range, same mm-hmm. or similar phrasings. And then you flip that record over and it is right. You know, David Lee Roth is, you know, so side one is the train. If this whole album is meant to transition you into this new version of Van Halen, they get it all out of the way in the first, right. you know, five songs.
0: Right. Yep. Uh, w- without a doubt. Um, so, you know, I, I don't know. Um, but but the, you know here's the, here's the funny thing I I keep thinking like I like in in watching interviews from around that time MTV had this big long um, I think it was called Unleashed like a rockumentary yep. style them on tour and they they spent a lot of time talking about Dave and you know Dave told them like all right you got to be the guitarist you want to be the guitarist and so but the funny thing is is like you 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 say. You, you hear those stories and you, you hear them talk about like, Oh, Dave only wanted to do this. He didn't want me playing the keyboards, Thought he just going to be a rock and roll band. But what was the first couple of things David Lee Roth does when he leaves the band, just a gigolo, um, uh, <laughs> and, uh, California girls, two of the, you know, non Rocky non guitar based rock songs. You'll ever hear somebody of that era play. Um, so uh, th- which is you know neither here nor there about this album, but it's just it's it's, it's mm-hmm. interesting in that like this has the reputation of like okay this is where Van Hagar went and the you know they went into their world of pop and keyboards and whatever and David Lee Roth was like oh the old Van Halen Van Halen one eruption and and uh, running with the devil style Van Halen but like at that time David Lee Roth was almost like a Las Vegas lounge singer and
1: what like, else from a music and a lyrics.
0: I, you see, I, the one thing I will say about this, I um, I I I think I, I feel personally, this is Eddie Van Halen at his absolute apex as a musician. Um, so if you take David Lee, David Lee Ross, um, Sammy Hagar argument out of it and the lyrics therein, but just what he was producing at this point, I don't. I I, I think it's it starts to you know I'd say 1984 and 5150 are kind of. About as amazing as you could get a collection of writing, songs, production, and all that stuff from a technical and music craft point of view. Um, now the, the lyrics and the, 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 you know, uh, and how the, the, you know, the songs are sung takes you in a different place. But I, I think from that perspective at, at Eddie, it's just, he seems, I don't know, I just get this, this feeling of like, just joy of like him trying, like, all right, I want to try and write this song on a, on a keyboard. I'll
1: do mm-hmm, it. Uh, mm-hmm. I want
0: to try to, it, you know, write this, you know, this, this song based around this riff. All right, let's do that. I, I, just, I get a feeling of, you know, uh, joy out of, out of this album that I don't, I don't see in later albums and didn't see as much in earlier Van Halen
1: all right i can't i don't disagree with what you're saying but for me you know it was a bit of a struggle again to my point about this being the the album that all the girls came to i think it Mm -hmm. it, in in talking to some women uh around our age this was this is to them this is van halen they don't necessarily appreciate david lee roth um a lot of this is you know uh i was talking to uh a, a woman last night who had said uh, her her first kiss was to you know dreams or something like that. Right.
0: Yeah, well think about, you know, like, you know, just listen to um if you want to, if you can get through it, listen to uh Why Can't This Be Love in there. Um and that, you know, that's it, a great it, song. It sounds like a you know, like it it doesn't sound all that dissimilar to say like a Huey Lewis song from right. that year. You know what I'm saying? It's like a, it is yes. like a concise pop yeah. hit. Yeah, <laughs> no,
1: you exactly right. I think they were going for a much broader audience and clearly exactly. they did because it, it, right. it, it, it uh, you know, shot to the top of the charts. Right.
0: Um, so do you, here's a question. Um, do, uh, to speaking closer to your heart, your, your home. Um, do you think there's a similar schism between um, Van Halen fans from that kind of jumped on board from why can't this be love that compared to Grateful Dead fans that came aboard after uh, Touch of Grey, I, I see the comparison
1: that that that, that you're you know <laughs> it's not a it, it's really not an apples to apples because oh, yeah. um, there is a schism that at the beginning or when you know you and I were seeing the Grateful Dead uh, um, was. Prominent because the Grateful Dead were doing more tour uh, stadiums yep. and giant venues at that time. So it was the fact that there were people that weren't there for the music, mm-hmm. uh, ruining exactly. the scene. There were people who only knew one song. Whereas I think that you still went to see Van Halen because of Eddie Van Halen.
0: Yes. Yep. True. And
1: that's that's the through line. But no, that's an interesting uh, comparison there. Anything else on the music
0: of Um, the record? Yeah, it's funny. Like you know, I always think of David Lee Roth songs where he you know he always takes the bridge and does and you know we'll talk over it or talk you know uh, you know Panama you know reach down between my legs and and that stuff all, all that stuff and it's funny I see. Hagar in here trying to do a little bit of that trying to get a little bit of that banter oh, you know Jesus, I think that, it, the,
1: the end of inside
0: right, or exactly. even at
1: the beginning of good good enough right
0: good with good the enough. hey waitress oh, what right. yeah. <laughs> and like I, you see it, it, that's where I, I will kind of like um I, I'm glad he doesn't do more of it because it, it's kind of like all right it's not that's, really his shtick it's, right. it's more like you're trying to do David Lee Roth's shtick there but um
1: um, I will say though, I think there's a reason why a brilliant artist like Anora George mm-hmm. does a love song to David Lee Roth and then with the right. burden to be does an entire David Lee Roth, you know, does that era, uh, right? Because I don't think on that record there's a single Van Hagar, uh,
0: nope, I don't uh, think so. Uh, either yet, now that I think about it, <laughs> yep,
1: uh, so that's my point on that,
0: yes, exactly. All right, good, let's talk about the cover and mm. uh, that a fascinating thing um it's a very uh it's a, 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 like a adonis weightlifter type guy with a 5150 chain around his neck uh lifting a huge orb with the vh logo wrapped around it yep uh and you're supposed to be lifting Atlas. it up
1: yeah yes.
0: and the the back cover um shows him basically knocked on his feet or you know knocked over and the orb cracked open with the members of van halen kind of in uh coming out
1: so did you know who the the model because it's a painting or a drawing order but the no. atlas you know who that is no uh according to the internet it is espn body shapings rick valente
0: Wow, <laughs> oh, that's that's awesome
1: <laughs> Uh, so where does Van Halen go from here? They uh, toured in support of the record uh, mm-hmm. in 1986, did a concert documentary called Live Without a Net, followed yeah. up two years later with OU812. Then right. uh, in 1990, took a bit of a, I mean, toured constantly. And then the next to album was uh, 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 For Unlawful Carnal Knowledge right. uh, in read, 91.
0: between the lines on that one, yeah. F-U-Z-K. <laughs> uh, and then
1: the final Hagar wreck. full Hagar record was Balance in 1995. Uh, Eddie's drinking more at this point, and Sammy mm-hmm. and Eddie start fighting while they're working on a greatest hits album that the record label wanted. Sammy right. didn't want as many David Lee Roth albums the, the, or songs uh, so basically uh, as they decided to do a volume one and volume two uh, Roth Hagar Hagar's like fuck you Amada here uh, for that best of David Lee Roth came back in 96 to do two songs with them yep. thought he was back in the band appeared with them at the 96 VMAs which I remember, I remember that. watching, that. I remember watching well. uh, and then two weeks later to find out that uh, Eddie and Alex were looking for uh, uh, singers still Right um, then, yeah,
0: apparently there was also something along the lines of like he, you know, he was saying all this stuff, or basically saying it was a foregone conclusion. But then, you know, Eddie needed to go have surgery on something, so yeah, and so he needed to delay it. And David Lee Roth was basically like, "All right, get over it," and then you know, yeah. that just led to more fighting. Um,
1: so uh, Eddie goes in the, in an extreme. Different direction and uh, hires Gary Sharon, former lead yeah. singer of uh, Boston's Extreme, yeah, uh, more than words and uh, wholehearted, where the two songs probably you oh, know, yeah, uh, and then they released Van Halen three, yeah, uh, with a tour nineteen ninety eight, which is the uh, what I talked about before. That tour didn't got, go well. The album did not do well at all. Uh, it was a very prog rocky sort of departure for Van Halen. Right. musically uh, uh, and then in 2002 uh, as we talked about Ford Lee Roth and uh, Hagar did a co-headlining tour mm-hmm. uh, then Hagar they're going to do another greatest hits album so Hagar does three songs with them in 2004 then they mm-hmm. did a tour uh, Eddie's Drinking More Michael Anthony's pissed off so he and Hagar or Sammy Hagar and Michael Anthony quit mm-hmm. um, by and then in 2006 uh So they Hagar and Michael Anthony go and they go out and tour. Right. Yep. Uh, They did.
0: Was it Chicken Foot? Yeah, There's Chicken Foot, cell. and
1: then the other half is what they called themselves. Okay. Uh, then Van Halen with mm-hmm. David Lee Roth again, and they mm-hmm. bring in Wolfgang, uh, Eddie's son, Wolfgang Van Halen on bass, uh, right. and that's the lineup basically to the end. Um, yep. They get inducted in the Rockwell Hall of Fame in 2007. They release uh, they release a studio album, the last one in 2012, called A Different Kind of Truth, with yep. David Lee Roth
0: on lead vocals. It's a pretty good interesting record it's okay yep. um uh, according to my friend frank he says a bunch of those songs were very old yes. or like two or three of them were really old from different you know former you know you know like fair warning diver down era that never made it and they rewrote or redid and
1: right and uh yep. and that had david lee roth and wolfgang and then as we mentioned at the top of the show eddie van halen died on the 6th of october in 2020 this is something i in doing doing the research 10 days after the original bass player for Van Halen. So before they got signed, they they formed in Southern California in in 1972. Eddie Alex, David Lee Roth and a guy named Mark Stone, who was their bass player. He left or was thrown out uh, and they brought Michael Anthony in. uh, But Mark Stone died 10 days before Eddie Van Halen did. Um, So Uh. where do we go from here? You and I, what, what did, what did this, right? So this segment is, you know, we know what the band did after this record. What did this listening inspire, if anything, in you?
0: Right. So for me, it's funny. I it, it forced me to go back and re-listen to everything. And I will, I still stand by and can go back and track the first six Van Halen, uh, Van Halen albums with David Lee Roth. Uh, so from one to fair warning, women and children first diver down, uh, 1984, uh, I put, um, and I will put 5150 and OU 812 in that list. I can still go back and listen to them though. I will, you know, we'll skip a couple of tracks on both those latter two albums. And then I just, I still, I've, I've gone back at least to listen to, and I've, I've been listening to channel 27 on Sirius XM, which is dedicated to Eddie Van Halen. Yep. It's playing all. So I will hear st- songs from, for, for, for carnal knowledge, I'll hear songs from balance and, um, Van Halen three. And, but I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't go back and, and listen to any, I, I wouldn't be rushing out to listen to any of those albums again. Um, but if I was just to take one, my one thing I will take away from this is I would just time capsule and listen to Van Halen 1 over and over again, because to me that's just a perfect album and an amazing album.
1: I, um, I'm right there with you on everything you just said. I'm in complete agreement. Uh, I mean, I, I really like uh, Van Halen 1, 2 and, and 1984. I, uh, I heard Top Jimmy today on yeah. Channel 27 and I was like, holy crap, what right. a great record that was. Right. What a great yeah. record that is. Uh, you know, and it's, it's you get, uh, was it, is it Van Halen 2? Ends with uh, Beautiful Girls, right? Uh-huh. I... Um, which was like a throwaway song when it came right. out. <laughs> was not a radio hit until the 1980s when right. Adam Sandler and um, actually... Let's Gang. Oh, and it was in a Budweiser commercial that they made, but they used it again. In that, it was in a Budweiser commercial that right. that they turned it around for Schlitz Gay. Yeah, it was uh, thirst for beer
0: and you're gay. <laughs> well, this was uh,
1: look, this was interesting, um, yes. and I'm glad I, that uh, I, I love the way we did this. You know that, that this is going because um, I don't ever have to listen to this record for. <laughs> I could give it another ten years. <laughs>
0: All right. Well, I will listen to it a couple more times, uh, in this week, uh, for you. So I'll, I'm going
1: back (laughs) in my, I will continue Mighty Van Halen. Well, we've got another one to, to listen to for our, uh, for the, uh, Radio Free Jersey Record Club, um, which you will hear about, uh, next week.
0: Yes, exactly. All right. Well, thank you guys all for listening. And uh, if anybody wants to further talk a little bit about Van Halen, Van Hagar, uh, Van Chiron, if uh, we have any uh, Van Chiron fans out there, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, feel free to reach out to us on uh, at, uh, Twitter or Instagram at Radio Free Jersey or at our website, RadioFreeJersey.com.
1: And if you would, uh, wouldn't mind uh, telling a friend about this show so that we can grow our audience, please, uh, and uh, head over to Apple Podcasts, uh, leave us a five-star rating because all the other services get their charts from Apple. Right.
0: <laughs> Thanks for listening, everyone. Radio Free Jersey Record Club is written and produced by Michael Marinello and Robert Mathers. Music by Alibi. I'm Craig Peterson for Exit 30 Media. Stay safe, stay classy, and vote.